Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined on this beautiful Friday, this wonderful Friday, end of a long week, by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you, my good man? I'm really good. New barbecue place that just opened up in Thousand Oaks, and I went and got myself some brisket and tri-tip, and I'm sitting here kind of happy right now. Do you wear your mask? Of course. Okay. I, I, I brought it home. But, I, you know, I, I'm telling you, everyone was – here in Westlake, I've been out walking, you know, just around. And I would say there aren't a lot of – I would say everyone is not was not respecting that mask, uh, the mask-wearing kind of idea. But in the last two days, I don't know if it's, it is coincidental or if it does pertain to the state of California passing that, that law – I've seen a lot more mass. So, yeah. Pretty good. How about the, how about there in Georgia? People wearing uh, masks? I mean, you know. No. Okay. Some 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 some. Some's a good answer. I'm having a beer, Dave. That's great. I'm happy for you. Um so the reason uh, look, not a ton going on in the world of UCL athletics, but a big thing kind of just happened which is why we are like, hey, let's jump on the phone and do this, or the Skype. Yes. What do we call this? Jump on the internet connection and connect yeah. internetically? I mean, if you say Skype, you sound like you're really out of it, right? Skype is is kind of antiquated. Is it? For I recording don't know. a podcast? I, I think it's kind I mean, of the I, method. Okay, cool. I just want to be cool. You know, Can we just say, can we say Zoom or something? I mean, what else? I mean, we could do a lot of different things. Maybe we should try okay. some new stuff next time. But in any case... We're on Skype, and uh, we wanted to talk about uh, UCLA players um, uh, flexing their muscles a little bit. Uh, 30 players um, signed a document um, and sent it to UCLA, basically saying they have three demands um, for their return to campus um, in light of um, the relaxation of things coming from the NCAA and UCLA. Um, and the start of uh, voluntary workouts, uh, their demands are as follows. Uh, Third-party health officials in charge of overseeing and enforcing health and safety guidelines. So somebody outside of the athletic department, and I think this might indicate also outside of UCLA, um, overseeing and enforcing health and safety guidelines. Uh, They want whistleblower protections uh, for athletes and staff uh, who want to report violations of any guidelines that they establish for uh, the coronavirus, and they want the ability to make in, make decisions on an individual basis regarding their personal health without the potential consequences of a loss of scholarship or retaliation from coaches in any form. Now, that one is particularly interesting to me because any form in this case seems to have a wide definition because that could be anything from out and out, you know, cutting guys playing time to uh, just shaming and that sort of thing. So, or and or taking away their scholarship, right? Which would seem to be covered under, um, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so these three demands, um, and then the LA Times uh, published this also with um, some added color, um, which I don't find in the document. So I'm wondering if they're getting it on background from players or just adding their own color, but. Uh, saying that this is part of uh, players' distrust of Chip Kelly's program at UCLA. Right. 
And I think people are looking to us for an explanation. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Um, I, you know, just almost like with anything else that we talk about, everyone wants to make it just cut and dry, black and white. And it's life just isn't like that. This is kind of a, uh, you know, a conflagger. Well, what, what's that word? Conflagration? Conflagration. Confluence? A confluence? No, or, 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 or confluence. For? I like confluence, but I knew you would have a really interesting way of pronouncing conflagration. Is that right? Or I don't know. Well, so a confluence of different influences. Um, I think people are, are valid in saying that the type of player that's at UCLA might be a little bit more socially aware, might be a, per, uh, a group of them, or the, just the type of player would probably be more, would be a type of person that would do something like this. Um, just probably more woke. <laughs> I've never used that word. Okay. There you are. Um, but all yeah, and also, I think that's true. And also, there's a history at UCLA that I think players embrace um, yes, of this. Yes, yes. Um, I think that's a factor. Um, as we've said a lot, uh, losing is a factor. No, no matter what, you go seven and seventeen, you're you're going to have a lot of unhappy players. And when you have unhappy players, a lot of the same things that happen within all programs to a degree, they it's it's a wart that's going to be seen as opposed to when you're winning, winning solves everything. There is absolutely that element in this. I know this for a fact. Um, I'd say another factor would be there are some players who are disgruntled how the UCLA football program handled their injuries. Uh, whether that's... Un it was unusual for the UCLA program compared to other programs. I mean, Dave, don't you think just about every football program has these kind of issues? Yeah. Um, it goes back to, I think my common complaint with, um, football coaching in general, that it is an insular group. Um, only pretty much only former players can get into that group. Um, and there is, handed down wisdom about how you have to tough it out through injuries and all this crap um, that I think influences the entire culture around basically every football program and thinking you're going to change that just through uh, change in guidelines or whatever. And I know a lot more medical staffs are independent of the coaching staffs nowadays. Still, you see the same stupid stuff happening. I mean, Mike Leach was playing guys who had obvious concussions as recently as last year or the year before. Um, this still happens basically everywhere. Um, so I don't, uh, I, I don't think, uh, to your point, I don't think the critique of Chip Kelly, if that's the implied critique here is unique necessarily, but it's their lived experience. So they don't grade on a scale. They grade on, do I trust, you know, the program to make good decisions for me or do I not? And it seems like a fair bit of them do not. Right. Um, from what I know. You would say that under Jim Moore's program, there were similar uh, complaints to satisfaction. I mean, uh, former players sued the program and Jim Moore. And I don't even know where that suit currently stands. Um, that was about a year ago, I think, right, where they they sued the school for for uh, the way they were, their injuries were addressed. Um, 
So it's hard, you know, it's it's almost near impossible for anyone to say this program uh, doesn't handle its players' injuries as well as another program. You would just need an amazing microscope on every single program to be able to say that. I think when you have 120 players and you've got, like what you said, uh, you know, that football mentality, this is going to happen. Just strap it on rub some dirt on it and get out there and play. Um, so all of those things, and there are probably a few other factors that come together to make this happen. Everyone wants to decide, you know, I believe the players, I'm on the player side, I'm on the coach's side, but it's just, it's kind of a combination of a lot of things. Yeah. It really, regardless, it's a bad look. Well, but, I, so I would, it's a bad look, I think, for Chip Kelly specifically, but I do want to be clear that I think it's a – if you read the document, and I recommend everyone actually read the document that the players wrote, it's awesome. And they're doing, I think, a really good thing that makes total sense and honestly should be um, uh, – and, and even outside of the COVID situation, it should be basically an athletic bill of rights um, because they should be able to – consult third party and have that be the the finding factor for on medical decisions with everything especially this covid thing but they should be able to do that um and they should be able to do it without fear of reprisal um and this is a great thing they're I, I one of a few groups leading the way on this i think um there's a couple other uh schools that have had similar things happen so far where um athletes have kind of expressed their rights this is one of the big first notable ones. Um, I think it speaks to really good leadership on the part of the UCLA players. And um, I think it'll be an example for a lot more programs to do something very similar. Um, I would guess a lot of football programs are going to do something like this because it only makes sense. Um, even if there wasn't specific distrust of the athletic staff, um, they need to make sure of their own safety. Um, and I think a big part of that will be um, creating these guidelines at each and every institution that's trying to have not just college athletes come back, but college students come back. Um, a absolutely. 100% agree. Um, when I was saying it was a bad look, I was, uh, I was taking the angle from, yeah, yeah, totally. You're a recruit. You're they're recruiting. I mean, this is just, it's a bad look for Chip Kelly's program. It, in my opinion, it's, it's amazing. Something like this have, hasn't happened before. And I, I would be, you know, you and I both went to UCLA. I'd be proud that UCLA was on the forefront of something like this. It, it's like we're in an era right now where we're kind of trying to push push our society into a per, new way of thinking and staying out of old ways of thinking. Yeah, this is such an old way of thinking. <laughs> it's just so antiquated. Get out there and just play, regardless. You know, we need you this week. And it's amazing that that culture is perpetuated and it, it is very much alive. So if UCLA were part of the leadership in get in pushing this to the forefront and getting something done, I, I think we all as UCLA grads or fans sh should be proud. Yeah. But the fact that it is Chip Kelly's program that is, is the target here. I mean, Quote, neglected and mismanaged in injury cases perpetually failed us. That's that's got to be, I mean, just from a recruiting standpoint, if you're thinking of going there, 
or you've committed, you would want some, you would want some answers. Yeah. And I think, um, it's a really, I, I think it's actually an opportunity, uh, for chip to an extent, but also the UCLA athletic program to really embrace these players. Um, Embrace the guidelines immediately. And I think, honestly, Matt Elliott, I thought his quotes did a pretty fair job of already doing that. But I think they need to go a step further and respond directly to it with their own statement saying, hey, these three guidelines are good and we'll even take it a step further. We want to know more about these player complaints. We're going to organize listening sessions, whatever, um, to talk to these players and, and get detailed feedback about what these issues are and ways we can correct those uh we want to be an athlete's first you know athletic program and it starts now because um we can't have um people distrusting us um, it, it, it's an amazing opportunity it's yeah. an amazing opportunity chip kelly steps up and says i absolutely agree with all of you i am sorry if you think we failed you in any way it's entirely possible but we agree that every one of your uh, claims here in what you want. I mean, amazing opportunity right here. Yeah, and we'll see. We'll see if they if they take advantage of it. So Martin Jarmond, uh, Bruce Feldman just reported this. Uh, Martin Jarmond is meeting with Chip in half an hour um, at three p.m. So um, three p.m. Pacific. Just FYI. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be um, interesting to see how swiftly they can move on that because that's actually that's a pretty swift response right there to be meeting on this immediately. I, <laughs> it's interesting. I, I, I will just I know say this. I know it, where you're going. It's interesting going. to have an athletic, <laughs> have an athletic situation that gets responded to swiftly. So that'll be cool. Um, and a big opportunity for Martin Jarman. A big opportunity for him to, I think, um, start to mold this into the athletic program. Um, I think we all want, but I think uh, he's going to want to. Yeah. I mean, if they do this, uh, this will make it's already making headlines, but it will make non-sport national headlines, too. Um, and I think UCLA has always prided itself on being the forefront of, of social social issues. It's we'll see. Dave, do you think they'll take advantage I don't want to say take advantage. Do you think they'll use this opportunity and do the right thing? There's the, there aren't too many situations in life where doing the right thing affords you a great opportunity <laughs> also at the same time. You know I think, I think it, I, I think often if you, if you, if you get it just right, I think it does. Um, and I think in this instance, it certainly will. And I think um, I'm hopeful that they're gonna they're gonna get this one right. Um, I think with some so a new voice in the athletic department who is, I think, going to be just especially cognizant of this. Um, I, I think it's it's going to be handled correctly. Um, and I don't think, I mean, Chip's not stupid. I don't think he's gonna want this to blow up in his face. I mean, Oklahoma State even got Mike Gundy to you know, say he was stupid for wearing an OAN shirt, which, um, you know, Gundy's an idiot. Um, so if, if chip, you know, uh, this is probably, a, a, a it's a different situation and probably less, um, you know, personal choice based or whatever. But, um, I think he's got a real opportunity here. I think Jarman's going to advise him correctly. And I think we'll probably see a statement tonight from the UCLA program saying, 
pretty much what we've outlined here, that they're accepting of all of these demands and they'll go a step further and want to know more about um, the things that are implied um, and investigate those. And I think if they do that, that proactively answers all the questions and then that becomes a necessary part of the story that gets told nationally. Um, that not only did these players say this, but UCLA then modeled the correct response to that. Um, and then that provides the model for all of the other programs in the country who want to respond to this sort of thing. And then we get a nice uh, and uh, and a nice situation that betters the experience of the athletes across the board. The the one thing that uh, in reading reading Matt Elliott's comments, maybe I need to read it like three times. <laughs> uh, lawyer speak, you know. But um, when it comes to whether a player would be able to say uh, opt out of playing because of the risk and whether their scholarship would be safe. He pretty much said, well, all scholarships are on a yearly basis. Yeah. He punted right? on that one. Cause I think he probably yeah. couldn't commit to it. Um, right. I, but I think this is something where Jarman is going to have to, that's you know, a big tenant. That's a big part of this. Yeah. A huge part. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, you know, that's a, UCLA is going to have a budget situation. Um, and I don't, think athletic scholarships should be on the chopping block of anything like that but i know at some institutions they have cut sports already because of um various budget issues so it'll be interesting to see if they can commit to that if they feel like that's something they can do um but i think it's that's a necessary step um because if 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 i'm a player and i have family members especially or if i myself am in a high-risk category or if i have family members in a high-risk category I don't want to be around this thing. Um, And that shouldn't be something that precludes you from, you know, still maintaining a scholarship if and when, you know, it is a much safer situation. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, do we want to just keep it singularly to this, Dave, or should we talk about other things? You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, eh. I mean, we could talk really quickly about... uh, because I just I prepared a story and I was about to publish it when this all came down. Um, how many years has UCLA never had the right amount of talent and depth on its offensive line? Have you been alive? <laughs> I would say um, at least one of those Mora years, it was decent. Um, decent. Maybe year three. I don't know. The thing is, now I'm grading on a curve because I remember looking at fall camp and we'd be like, oh, my God, they're down to nine scholarship offensive linemen. This is horrible. And now it's like, oh, they've got like three three scholarship dudes. They're fine. Um, and it's just, you know, it's it's grading on a curve these days. Here's the thing. Let's say we're on this ship and we're out, of, out on the ocean. And every once in a while we see the the rising out in front of us of like playable offensive line depth chart 15 you know scholarship guys at least and 10 playable guys right uh-huh. we kind of glance at it but then it kind of goes away you know people leave they don't get the guys they're supposed to get some guys don't pan out if we go by what our illustrious 24 uh, 7 recruiting experts say uh greg biggins brandon huffman and ucla gets the guys they're leading for in the 2021 class we're on the verge of actually seeing a good depth chart in 2021 one that has older guys that have played that have experience 
backed up by talented younger guys, some that have been in the program for a year, other ones who are freshmen that have talent, like a real offensive line depth chart. I mean, kind of scary if they get Thomas Cole, who's a four-star. Biggins seems to think UCLA's doing very well with him, if not leading. Uh, they have Benjamin Roy, the three-star center prospect. And then two other tackles, Austin Berry, who uh, Biggins put in a uh, crystal ball for, and Garrett DeGiorgio has had a crystal ball in. I think Mr. Huffman did that a while back. And then there's another uh, guard prospect, Kalen Ellis uh, from Hawaii. If they got all of those guys, plug them in, 2021 would, would be like a, a good depth chart. Not incredible because some of those guys are still – no, there's some guys in the program, let's say Baraka Beckett, Josh Carlin, Bo Taylor, who are all still question marks. The jury's out on them whether they're going to develop. But there were enough guys who the recruiting experts generally liked as prospects in high school who project to be starters on a Power 5 level who would be part of this depth chart. Like I said, starters, guys uh, behind them, backups who had been in the program a while – and then freshmen, all nice and pretty like we've never seen before. So I know I could have jinxed it just by talking about it, but I had to bring it up. Yeah, I, 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 I see what you're saying. Um, I think there is, <laughs> there's always an attrition rate on the offensive line that I think is over and above what you typically see at other positions. Um, and I think that always needs to be accounted for when you're projecting two years ahead. Like some measure of this group will not be there. Um, Absolutely. And I have, I have that in the story. Yeah. And I think, but I think, uh, optimistically, yeah, it looks like they could be in good shape to have not just good talent at the top end, but some depth, uh, behind it. Um, and I think if you can project ahead and say even 10 of these guys, 11 of these guys are going to be there in two years, that's still a pretty good thing because they're going to recruit more guys in 2021 or in 2022 too. That'll fill those gaps afterwards. And there might be transfers coming in and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah. Well, I, the one thing is they only use, they lose Jake Burton. Yeah. That's the only one. So everyone returns and Sean Ryan in 2021 will only be a junior. So he cannot leave. <laughs> so that right there creates a good situation where you can corral some talent. Um, it's just, I was, you know, I was doing the numbers and starting to look at it and say, well, Biggins thinks and Huffman thinks they're looking good for these guys. And if they get them all, you know, that's pretty, it's pretty, I, we've never even been, I think to this point recently where if you just plugged in the guys that UCLA might be leading for, it looks good. I, I, you, you would have had to say, well, UCLA's in the top two or three for these guys, and if they get them. So, okay, I won't jinx it anymore. But, yeah, there you go. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Um, the next coach will have a good, good – Oh. Ooh, was that – Oh. You really went there, didn't was that, you? Was that a little too much? Wow. Okay, I think it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll um, stay tuned, obviously, out there for uh, what comes of uh, Jarman and Kelly's meeting this afternoon, and uh, we will hope it's a, a good and proactive statement. Yes, okay, good. All right, well, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods, Bruno Report Online, and we will talk to you again next time. See you all. Stay safe.